Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A buck star lashes out at the fans and big trouble in Gainesville. Oh man, what a podcast we have for you today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. We have it all for you today. Crazy weekend in the NFL and in colleges. And some interesting news out of one buck place that we'll get to in just a moment. We're going to take you inside the locker room, talk to that buck star who lashed out at you and everybody really in Tampa Bay. We'll bring you the best talk in Tampa Bay sports every day. So thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at NFL Straub and at Tom W. Jones. And the podcast now has a Twitter page. It's the Rick Tom podcast. Rick Tom podcast so hit us up on twitter if you have any questions we are one day removed from the bucks 34 to 17 debacle in minnesota rick you were at one buck place on monday and walked around we'll get into the big news here in just a moment what was the mood like over there today uh, on monday well i mean i think it was interesting you know and i think players sort of parroted dirt cutter which was well it's definitely a week-to-week league and you know the example you just gave of we got after Chicago pretty good. Steelers got after the Vikings pretty good. One week later, look what happened. It doesn't forgive the fact that, you know, their coverage was abysmal. Their cutter talked about how they didn't, they couldn't cover. They let balls go over their head, and then they let guys catch the ball in front of them. There was absolutely no um, resistance there, the pass rush, all those things. So I think it was a humbling game for them. I think kind of everything went wrong. And I, and I also thought that, you know, Dirk Cutter made the point that, that it's a different game uh, if Jameis Winston gets the ball out in front of Deshaun Jackson. That's a seven-point swing, and, uh, you know, Deshaun smoked that guy, and uh, Jameis got to get it out there for him, plain and simple on that. A lot of plays, you know, you can look back on, and, and uh, the game sort of took on a personality of its own. They had to throw to get back. and and um, but, but he put a lot on the quarterback and, and an awful lot on the defense. You talk about what a – sort of topsy-turvy league it is in the NFL. I got a number of the day for you, Rick. It's two. You know what two is? You know what the number two is? I'll, I'll give you one crack at it. Number it, of friends it, you have. Yeah, well, there you go. No, two kidding. teams Two teams are undefeated in the NFL. Two. Wow. We're three weeks into the season. We yeah. got the the Atlanta Falcons are 3-0, and mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs are 3-0. And that is it. And that just goes to show you in the NFL that you can look great one week and look Jacksonville's 2-1. and one. Who would have guessed that? Well, and yeah, while, and and you know, and a lot of and teams you know, like where the Steelers were dominant one week, looked ba- bad the next. So to the point of Dirk Cutter and to what the Bucks mm-hmm. are saying, not to make excuses for him because it was not a good game, but right. that's the way the NFL is. You you look great one week and look horrible the next. If you're not prepared to play, um, you're going to get you're going to get hammered, and that that's sort of what happened. One team got it going. You look at the Atlanta Falcons; that's one of the undefeated teams you talked about. They were one dropped ball away from losing the opener to Chicago. And then this week, you know, a guy is ruled down uh, rather than scoring a touchdown as time runs out in <laughs> the Detroit. Detroit Lions. Bunch I mean, of they, saps. They've had, they, they, I mean, think, of, <laughs> think, think about this, though. The, the Atlanta Falcons have been on the field inches from a goal line when, the, when two of their wins ended. 
Yeah. I mean, it is it is truly a game of inches. You credit them for winning, but there's just not a big difference, you know, sometimes between between winning and losing. All right, let's get straight to it. The big story of the day on Monday, Rick, is Gerald McCoy. Now, I know you were over at One Buck Place, and we're going to play you the audio here in a second of what Gerald McCoy but, said. But did, did you have any sense, Rick, that this was coming when Gerald no, popped on? not really, although, you know, Gerald gets in these moods. Um, you know, typically he doesn't always talk on Mondays. Players were there getting treatment. He, of course, is getting treatment on his ankle. And he kind of was like, uh, you know, the old – you know, years ago, people don't remember John Wayne. He was like, I'm not going to hit you like hell. I'm not going to. And then he, he wanted. <laughs> we I'm talked not to him after the game Sunday, Rick. You and I both talked to him. And he seemed, yeah. I mean, he was in pain. His foot was bothering, mm-hmm. but he seemed very calm, very yeah. measured in his comments, very serious, yeah. and said, Look, we need to turn this thing around. But it yeah. didn't seem like anything was festering or boiling or he was holding back or anything. No, but then, you know, he's always, he's, uh, you know, takes the temperature a lot, especially on social media. And, Today, he, uh, you know, did the troll call. I mean, he really called out those people that were, I guess, on Twitter, um, predominantly, I would think, um, you know, that were getting on his teammates. Now, which ones? We we can imagine, Jameis. We can think that, you know, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson were probably catching a lot. Um, and Gerald, I think at this stage in his career, he bit his tongue for the first six years, really. And now I think he feels like he's got enough equity. He can say what he wants. Well, here, let's hear what he had to say on Monday. This is in the locker room at One Buck Place. Let me choose my words carefully here because I feel like if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to have to take it outside of being a professional. Um, no. Let me just say no. I log out of all this stuff. Uh, you hear things, but I log off of social media because it's a bunch of it's a bunch of people out there that say a lot of terrible things that I know they wouldn't say to our face. You know, these uh, these uh, social media tough guys. Uh, I would love to meet them. I would love to, just be honest, I would love to meet them. Um, you know, I probably wouldn't say that, wouldn't have said this last year, but I'm saying now I would love to meet you. Uh, I work at One Buccaneer Place. If you would like to come talk to me, I'm not going to give you my home address, but I'll meet you up here anytime you want to talk about it. Uh, it's just they cross the line a lot. Uh, we are professionals. Are we always going to be on point? No. But the things they say about our quarterback and our defense, and if it, I can deal with me. I have very, I get very frustrated when you talk bad about people that I care about, which is my teammates. And I know a lot of this stuff wouldn't be said around us. The same people that'll stand in front of us and ask for your autograph, and then they bad me. I'm talking about, like, disrespectful things. If you're disappointed, I can understand that. But the disrespect comes – God, forgive me. I just get – I get frustrated, man, because it's just – you guys, you get paid to write what you write. That's fine. I can deal with that. But the disrespect crossing that line, it's not about me. I've been getting disrespected since I got to Tampa. I can deal with that. But when you talk about my teammates, I get frustrated. And I would love – if you got something to say, let's just talk about it. I'm, it's it's not a threat. Let's just talk about it because there's a lot of things that people don't know about us, don't know about the game plans and different things that take place, and they just see what they see, and they don't really know the ins and outs of what's going on. And I get so frustrated with it. And, um, you know, this is not a threat to anybody, but – a lot of stuff people don't see. The disrespect has to stop. If you if you're frustrated, 
That's fine. But disrespecting us, because then you crossing the line. It's no longer football. Now you disrespecting us as men. And if we disrespected them as a man, they wouldn't like it. You calling me out my name and all that over a football game? You talk, you calling my teammates out their name over a football game? Football game? You serious? Like, and it's one game. One. We got 14 more. One game? And you going to disrespect us like that? I told you I'm done. Like, I'm, anyway. Okay, Rick. Boy, there's a lot to chew there. And there's a lot to uh, to decipher and try to go through. And this, to me, this this rant, I don't know other, what, what other way to put it, perfectly defines Gerald McCoy to me. Some of the time I like it, some of the time I don't like it. You were there. So let's start with you on this. And and maybe you can give us a bit of perspective, better perspective on exactly who's he talking about and what were the things you think they were saying? Well, I don't know exactly who he's talking about, and I don't know exactly what comments he read. Um, I don't think you have to read too far behind the lines or between the lines to know. He mentioned Jameis by name. Right. You know, Jameis Winston is a quarterback that was still a polarizing choice um, by the Bucks. Not everybody loves him. Uh, he threw three interceptions. Um, so I don't know what people. I got an e- about by Jameis. the way, I got an email I, today. Winston versus Mariota was the subject line. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. And that's <laughs> that's going to continue. But I, I do know that you know what I read, what was sent to me, and what was on Twitter and emails about Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans, right. and there were personal attacks uh, to mm-hmm. their to their actual you know upbringing. Um, you know, one guy. And again, I don't know that this is what Gerald is reading, but you know, one guy said that you know they had the most checkered pass on the Buccaneers, and you know Evans has never been arrested for anything. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson, you know, there was a story when they when he was released by Philadelphia that I think the Eagles completely, um, you know, tried to exaggerate at best about gang affiliations when in fact. You know, he grew up in South Central Los Angeles, and yes, he he grew up with guys who who then became gang members. Um, but he's done his best and to achieve, and has played ten years in this league, and he has never been, to my knowledge, uh, in trouble of any kind. So, I, I can just imagine with two two very high profile players taking a knee. Um, you know, the, he mentioned the defense, and and certainly um, that performance was about as bad as we saw any time last year. Uh, against a guy like Case Keenum. And, you know, at some level, fantasy football plays into all of this, I'm sure, <laughs> um, because a lot of people probably took the Bucks defense this week. But, look, I, you know, I've done this a long time, and the biggest change, not just in sports but in society, is social media. Um, and there's good and bad about it. And we saw J.J. Watt raise $30 million for, you know, hurricane victims in Houston. Um, but we also, you know, it's it's – what we used to call beer goggles, you know, right? Uh, except now people hide behind the keyboard with fake names. And, oh. and, and Gerald's right. I mean, I can, you know, and, and the easy thing to do is to say, well, why do you read it? Why do you, why don't you just turn it off? And sometimes right. I don't think they do read it. I think people tell them, mm-hmm. you know, what it was said about them. Um, but regardless, you know, it has gotten out of hand. Uh, and at times and I know they're called fans for reasons, but, you know, I don't get sometimes why people have to get personal. Uh, it's their profession. 
and they get paid a lot of money to do it, and the tickets cost a lot of money, and you have the right to go in there and boo and do whatever or not go to the game. I'm not sure you, you should take out down their entire, you know, character and being and say right. vile things. So I understand it. I, 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 I think he's making a valid point. Let's let's leave aside just for a moment the Mike Evans Deshaun Jackson protest because I think that's at another level and I'm sure he heard a lot about that and maybe that's some of what he was referring to. I gotta believe that 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 was part of it. Yeah. Yeah, but let's put that aside for a moment because I think we can all agree when you get into to to disparaging a guy's character over uh, a protest, we're, there are a lot of different sides to that story. That's way too complicated for. Uh, what Gerald McCoy maybe was talking about, but let's just assume that he was talking about people being upset because he did make it sound like there were a lot of people criticizing the team for losing. Cause he said, it's over one game. We got 14 more to go. So let's sort of look at that part of it. When he says that he doesn't like people and, I, and if they want to come down and talk to me, glad to talk to him. Now, if they're getting personal and they're saying they're, that Gerald McCoy's a bad guy or Jameis Winston's a bad guy or whatever, I get that. But if this is just general, Gerald, you suck. I no. think at that point you got to suck it up a little. I hope he's not talking about that. Story I really because- look. He's he's heard that, like he said, and he's he's grown a pretty thick skin. I mean, maybe early in his career, and I know he's said some things of late, but I I think professional athletes understand, you know, that they're going to be criticized for their play, and people are going to say you suck. I I think it's more than that. I I, I don't I haven't known Gerald to sort of challenge people to you know, come down and, and say it to my face mask. You know, it's kind of like right, and that's going to be a problem for the Bucks because at no point did he say he's just kidding, and so they're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. when people start lining outside the guard shack if they're going <laughs> to let him in to meet Gerald McCoy Day, um, and that would be an interesting uh, conversation if somebody would actually do that. Um, but I don't think the the you know look Tom, you know this, and there's a lot of cowards out there. And a lot of the same people that ask for their autographs and fawn over them, then, you know, get back to their keyboards and, you know, start cutting them to shreds personally. And they don't know these players um, personally. Um, And I I just think that at times now, you know, is some of this, you know, as as I could pick up on Dirk Cutter today, he was not, obviously he's very disappointed in the way they played. And he's very concerned, not just about their injuries, but about the fact that they did everything wrong. Um, having said that, though, I think his message to his team, which we heard parroted by a lot of players today, was, you know, that's the kind of league this is. We can't have this. We can't do this again. But don't let it bury your season. You know, like you, you got to be resilient. This is going to happen to every team. And most teams, maybe short of New England, is going to lay an egg somewhere. Um and I think that's what the Bucks did. They did it last year at Arizona, too. They still won nine games and right. went on a five-game winning streak and were three tiebreakers, you know, shy of being in the postseason. So I don't think anybody's writing the season off just yet. But, but there, you know, the expectations are so high, so the disappointment is so, low, is so high as well. Yeah, I get that. And I, I totally understand it. And, again, if they're getting personal to the point where they're questioning a guy's manhood or something like that, then Well, I think that's what you're off, saying. Yeah. Well, and if that's the case, first off, hey, yeah, I would try to ignore that. I don't know that I'd get – and I understand that's very hard to do because yeah. we get emails from people, and it's very hard not to react to it as well, yeah. certainly on a much lower level. But, mm-hmm. again, I go back to this whole thing of if if he's just uh, a little oversensitive to the fact that people are saying, you know what, I thought you guys were going to be good and you guys stink – that to me is fair game. I think I think fans have a right to say that. I think fans have a right to say, Gerald, 
you're crappy yesterday. And I don't, I don't know if you're questioning whether he's hurt or not, that's a different state. But if you're going to jump on Jameis and say, Jameis, I don't think you're a very good quarterback. I think that's fair game. And if he's talking about that, then I have a little bit of an issue. If he's talking about something more serious than that, then I completely get it. He seemed to be, it seemed to be like a, all encompassing. <laughs> he lumped everybody in and he has been criticized a lot. And I don't know that he's used to it. I think he's still a little bit sensitive to that. I'm not saying he's wrong to be, but I don't know. There, there was a lot there that I listened to just now. And again, I wasn't there. I just, I just heard the audio like everybody else. And it struck me as a guy who, man, don't you have better things to worry about than what somebody's saying on Twitter? Well, I mean, I, I know Gerald a little bit, and he, he has sort of had this involvement, um, and he did go through a lot. I mean, remember, this is a guy that got injured his first two years. Third overall pick was a bust. That's all anybody says. You're a bust. Right. And he's overcome that to become a, a damn good player. Um, so I don't think, you know, it, it doesn't shatter his confidence what anybody says. And if anything, it lights his fire. And these guys, even though they're professional athletes, and you'd be surprised at what they use. Uh, to get that, you know, internal flame burning. But having said that, I think at this point in his career, Gerald McCoy sees himself as the guy with the broadest shoulders. You know, Jameis Winston, I don't think it phases him. I really don't. Um, but I still think that Gerald, you know, whether it's Deshaun, and, and I think that this that all plays into it. We can't be naive and, and say it's kind of a coincidence that, you know, Gerald speaks out the day after these two guys take a knee. And I read what people wrote me. And if oh, I were yeah. friends Same with those here. guys, oh, yeah. if no, I were good I friends that. with those guys, it's hard to read. It just is. We'll, um, and we'll play and, the comments that Gerald had in yeah. a little bit about. But I think that plays into it. I mean, I don't think guys. that's I don't think it's a coincidence that a day after, you know, they get that 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 kind of, um, you know, sort of reaction. And, and I mean, everybody's you know, completely in their, within their rights to react. I don't, I don't tell anyone what they should think, but if you make it personal and you're, and you're spreading falsehoods as some of the people did with me, um, just to impugn their character or their lifestyle, um, and, and involve their families in some cases, I, I, I kind of, yeah, no, that's off limits. I think we, and, all and I, and I think, I think we have to, yeah, he did sort of mix it all in there in one big bowl. But again, I think Gerald sees himself at this point in his career as the kind of like the deflector in chief, you know, like mm -hmm. I can take it, put it on me. Come on down here, tough guy. Uh, and, and, you know, again, in real in, in reality, I don't think anyone's getting through the guard shack at one buck place to say, <laughs> let me at him. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how that's going to work because because there's going to be somebody that tries it. You know that, right? Oh, if for nothing else, they'll get a picture with Gerald McCoy and an autograph. Right. But right. I, I, I do think that, you know, he at this point in the season, after, after a tremendously bad performance and disappointing loss, that maybe he's just trying to take the temperature down a little bit by putting more on his shoulders. That's and how I know, read it anyway. Well, and, may, and you know what? You might have a better read on it than me. It's, it's, he's just a, such a polarizing guy. I've always had – I think I'm – I think I'm like most fans, although I don't, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of the team necessarily. I'm not, not a fan either, but I've always had, I don't want to say a love hate relationship with Gerald McCoy as much as a like, don't like relationship with Gerald McCoy. And that there are some things he does. We just talked about it on a podcast after Sunday's game about how much I admired that he stayed in a game injured and that showed what leadership and 
And there are other, and I think he's a terrific football player. I think he's been vastly underrated by people even in Tampa Bay. I think he's their best. He was their best football player, and he might be their best football player with the exception of Mike Evans, who I think is just a terrific football player. But there's also times he says things and does things where uh, it's like, oh, Joe, what are you doing? You know, and like and like that thing he did last summer where he sort of came out and says, I talked to people and I, now I'm going to be a leader. My feeling was just go out and do it. Don't tell me you're going to do it. Just go do it. And I think there's there was a little bit of that in there today. Now, you might be right. He might be just deflecting. I, I remember that time where John Tortorella, remember he went off and told yeah. him, can it shut your yap? Mm-hmm. That whole thing was to get the the uh, onus off of how badly his team had played the day before because he knew right. all the stories were going to be about, did you hear what Tort said? And all right. the players going to be asked, did you hear what Tort said? And nobody right. was asking, like, how come you guys stunk last game? Yeah, Maybe there's a little bit of that in there. Well, you know, so Gerald. guess what I wrote for the, for the newspaper? What's that? Joe McCoy. I well, wrote they absolutely. stunk too. I wrote they stunk too, and and Dirk confirmed it. That was part of the story, but the story is, hey, you got something you you know for. And again, this is not all fans. I mean, I Gerald McCoy has a very very good relationship with most fans at One Buck Place. I mean, how can you be a fan of the Buccaneers? We saw. I think people got to see him in Hard Knocks. If you didn't know him with his children, um, the way he is with his teammates, that's just who he is. Now, you know, does he know where the camera is sometimes? Does he know he does he know we're gonna run to him with microphones if he has something to say? Heck yeah. Well, I got we no talk problem to him. With that. We talk to him every Wednesday every Wednesday now. It used to be Thursday. But he holds court and I'm glad he does. Sure. I don't care what he says. I'm gonna record it and I'm probably gonna <laughs> write it. You know, and show me a guy who write me twelve yeah. years a lead uh, twelve leads a year, and I'm thrilled with him. Um but Again, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that this occurred when two things happened. One, a bunch of his team or several of his teammates got very much criticized and called out, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But the, some of those attacks went too far. They just did because I got them. You got them. Yeah. Um, and then two, they got the hell beat out of them right. by a really bad well, quarterback. Here's what here's what it gets down to, Rick. And I think that Gerald McCoy has never been fully embraced by Tampa Bay fans. And he won't be until they win games. And it's not up to him necessarily. Well, until they win, win championships. Well, Forget until games. they win championships. Right. Well, they won games they the, last year. No, they need to get to the playoffs. They need to no, get to the playoffs. No, but even, game. okay, so if they make the playoffs this year and lose in the first round, is that going to change anybody's yeah, opinion? Pro- yeah, probably not. Probably not. They have bunch. to, listen, no. with Gerald McCoy, there's only one one bar that he can, that, that he'd have to get over to endear himself. And only one bar. He's got to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Period. He has to be there holding the Lombardi Trophy because that's what 99 did. And forever in his life, he will be compared to Warren Sapp, and that's incredibly unfair because how many first ballot defensive tackles are in the Hall of Fame? Well, and I've always said this too, Rick, that if you look, this has been a lousy, let's face it, this has been a lousy organization over the last 10 years. And I listed 50 reasons why they've been lousy. Joe McCoy's name doesn't appear on that list. He's the least of the reasons why they've – there's no reason – he has nothing to do with the fact that they've been bad. He's been right. a good player. But yeah. uh, you mentioned, uh, Rick, and, and this, this is the other part of it. And I don't that's, I look, I don't want to get in. This Trump stuff is so polarizing. Like I said, you've gotten emails on it. I've gotten emails on it. And mm-hmm. I'm not even, I wasn't even taking a side in terms of, I think Trump was wrong and the players were right. Or I, that wasn't what I wrote. You wrote just a straight story. Like, here's what yeah. happened. 
Yeah. And I wrote a column basically saying they have the right to protest. I didn't say that. I also would say at the same time, look, Trump can say what he wants to say. But mm-hmm. um, but there's been a lot of reaction towards and not only towards me and you, but mostly towards Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans. And Gerald McCoy also addressed uh, his relationship and what he felt about those guys a day later. 100% supported them. That's our family. Not everybody's going to react. I don't react the same way my wife would. My my dad don't react the same way I would. But if my wife does something, I'm going to support her 100%. Mike and Deshaun did something, we support them 100%. We just all do things different. But if they do something, we're going to support them regardless. It's going to be some backlash, but it is what it is. We support them. Nobody, not one single person on this team will ever, 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 ever disrespect the men and women who fight for this country. We love them for what they do, for their service. It's not about that. It's not about one man's words either. It's not about Trump. It's bigger than that. So they have to understand nobody on this team will ever, ever disrespect the men and women who fight for this country. We talk about it in team meetings all the time. We would never, ever disrespect the men and women in this country. So anybody who's taking it like that, please, we apologize. It was not meant to be towards any man or woman that fights for this country. We're not us without them. And I want them to understand that. Um, But if our teammate, teammates, whoever does it, we're going to support them. It's simple as that. But it's never meant to be disrespectful to the men and women in this country. I want to say that again, ever. Ever will we ever do that? It's not about them. I promise you that. I'm glad he said something, Rick, because there was a moment yesterday when Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson were talking in the locker room. And again, protest, I think you have the right to protest. Not protest, you have the right not to protest. I've always been a big believer in do what what you think is right for you. While a lot of people over the years were criticizing Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods for not speaking out, I think they had as much right to not speak out as... Uh, as any other athlete, Michael Bennett or whoever, has to speak out. So I'm not criticizing anybody for not joining those two guys yesterday, but I did wonder in the back of my mind last night, this actually was my thought as I was going to bed, was did Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson ever think, huh, it would have been nice if a couple guys other joined us, you know, maybe if Gerald or Jameis or, or name any 20 other guys on the team. So I do – and I'm not saying they did. They they never brought that up. And and again, I'm sure they were they were going to do what they were going to do, and they didn't care who joined them. But I I'm glad to see that another teammate, a guy, especially a guy like Joe McCoy, stood up and spoke up for him. And that wasn't surprising. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And those are moments where I do like Gerald McCoy because he stands up for other players yeah there actually were more teammates um that that i don't have sound of right now that we talked to in the locker room and they all they all universally support you know both those two guys and i mean look mike evans <laughs> took a knee uh after donald trump's election last november and you know 
got incredible backlash for it, apologized because he, he did not intend to offend the military. Um, you know, those who, who think that their protests are, are disrespectful have the right to their opinion. Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody how they should think or what their view of, of this country or that flag or anything else should be. Uh, having said that, we all come from different experiences. And I think what, what players have tried to make clear uh, through this these last couple days is that um, their intention is not uh, this is not about the flag. It's not about the national anthem. It's not about being disrespectful. That's not their intent. They're trying to call attention with their platform to what they believe is social injustice in this country and also racial injustice. And the ironic thing is that, you know, no matter what your politics are, how many players were kneeling or not standing for the national anthem before the president of the United States went at a rally in Alabama and called out the NFL, called them sons of bitches, and I said saw, they should be I fired. Saw a thing there, I saw a thing the other day, Rick, and I don't know if it's uh, the numbers are accurate, but it's Peter King, your, your guy, Peter King. And he said that the best of, of MMQB, the best they could figure, mm-hmm. was that less than 10, fewer than 10 players protested right. the, the anthem in week two. Right. And more than 250 did it in week three. That's the, the, the interesting thing is this thing had kind of died down until Donald Trump well, said we it had, said on it Friday. It died down. And uh, again, you know, we're not going to get into politics and talk about, you know, what's patriotism and deferments and what was said about John. I mean, you know, you can you can hammer this thing back and forth all you want to. Um, the league has spoken. Its owners, uh, team owners have spoken, many of whom you know, or supporters of the president. Um, this was a, it's odd because it's rare that you see, you know, team owners and players and their union uh, unified about anything, it seems lately. Um, but this seemed to do it. So, you know, again, I think it's, it's, it's a rare time. What Gerald said was even over the top for him. I don't, again, I don't think it's coincidental. Uh, and and the good thing about the Bucks, you know, they met about this. They met about this Saturday night in, in their team meeting. They discussed it. And Dirk Cutter, uh, you know, read several statements from, including you know, from the NFL commissioner, from other uh, team owners, from their own their own team owner, uh, and and they discussed you know what what the issue was, and that uh, they they felt everybody had the right to you know to demonstrate. Uh, anyway, they they chose, and most of the players, with the exception of of Mike Evans and Deshaun, decided to lock arms in in a in a show of solidarity, but still stood for the national anthem. And Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson put their hands over their hearts to you know to try to demonstrate that they weren't uh, trying to disrespect the military, that they love this country, and um, it wasn't about them. But right, it's it's an interesting time for the NFL. It's a real interesting time for the Bucks. Who have two games now in you know just a few days, but apart four days apart they play next Sunday against the Giants, a wounded team at zero and three, and then oh here comes the Super Bowl champions four days later, uh, and so as Gerald said yesterday, we got to hope history doesn't repeat itself because they were right. one and zero and then one and three in the blink of an eye, and they've been in that hole and it's a it's a deep dark place. 
One last thing I just want to add about the whole Donald Trump thing. And again, we're not going to, no one's going to change anybody's mind here. I might no, feel one way and, and you may feel the opposite way. And we can yeah. sit here and talk for an hour. And we're not going to suddenly go, you know what? Every day I've been thinking for the last 50 years, you no. just changed my mind in two minutes. That's right. not going to happen. I will say this though. And one thing that I'm tired, two things that I'm tired of. One, this whole attitude of stick to sports, stay in your mm. lane. You know what? It's, just that's so naive it's so tired and it's naive at this point the world is different and and so the lanes have merged and they've been merged they, they all on both merged. sides they've been around and every and that's the way the world is now and it's yeah. okay and here's the other thing this the idea that just because you are a rich athlete a doesn't mm -hmm. make you ungrateful when you protest and right. b doesn't mean you don't have the right to protest and i got a lot of those emails today again if you want to argue with me about I think they're wrong. I, I don't think they should do this for this reason or that reason. I'll listen to it. I may not agree with it, yeah. but I'll listen to it. But you this know, idea that they don't have the right because they make $5 million a year and because they play football for a living doesn't right. make any different than me who makes significantly less money than that. Just a and few dollars. I write less. stories. Yeah. yeah, I write stories. Or I don't care what you do. Everybody yeah. has the same rights, including a rich football player. Well, and, and the idea, and I've heard this, you know, about, um, you know, privileged, I've heard words like, you know, uh, millionaire and things. And mm -hmm. believe me, I've covered this league a long time. Nobody gets a uniform or a helmet of a National Football League team without a hell of a lot of work. These guys earn, okay, their way to this league. It's not handed to them. They're the greatest in the world. There's 32 in the world teams, um, and there's only 1,600 players. And let me assure you that however they reach their economic status, and not everybody in the league is a millionaire, trust me, but they've earned it, and that's the American way too. Isn't that what we celebrate? I mean, why, mm -hmm. why be disparaging about a professional athlete? Would you say the same thing about a doctor? Would you say the same thing about a rich lawyer? Um that, you know, it, it just, I, I don't understand. It's sort of like we want our entertainers, you know, shut up and entertain me. Okay. Um, but like you said, those, those times have passed and, and you're right. I don't think economic status, I don't think you turn in your card and say, I'm no longer a citizen. I don't have a voice. And right. sometimes people with a bigger platform feel a responsibility. Like you said, Michael Jordan got a lot of criticism. Other people have gotten criticism for not using it, you know, for those less fortunate or that didn't have that voice. So we can, we're not going to solve the world's problems, but I, I do think that it was a, it's been a unique weekend for the NFL. I'm not sure where it goes from here. Yeah, I was gonna, um, that was my next question, and I don't yeah. know that there is an answer, Rick, of, of where this goes next Sunday, if we're going to continue to see protests or we'll start to see less of them again. Yeah. President Trump will move on to the next thing that's... Well, know, I mean, you know, it's sooner or later they're going to have a health care vote, and sooner or later, you know, there's <laughs> going to be other things to talk about, like budgets and, you know, all those that. So, I, for uh, the record, by the way, and and without opinion, should let's play the uh, what Gerald McCoy had to say about Donald Trump. Man, that guy says a lot of outlandish stuff. This is not the first time he said it. It's not the last time he's going to say it. I'm going to tell you this. Buccaneers going to stick together. We're going to keep being who we are. We're going to keep representing how we want to represent. He doesn't determine who we're going to be. The Glazer said it. We're going to be who we want to be, how we want to be. Simple as that. He just, dude's crazy, man. He's just, no, I don't agree with nothing he said. Um, I don't think nobody agrees with nothing he said. And um, 
like I said, I got to watch some of the things I say because I just want to. But anyway, it's not the last time he's going to say something stupid. It's very idiotic what he said. It's very stupid. And <laughs> it's dumb. So whatever. Moving on. Yeah, moving on, Rick. <laughs> well, That's, regardless, uh, let, me just, let me just say yeah, this. Yeah, regardless, sure. regardless of what you think of, of the president or Gerald's you know, opinion of him, um, again, professional sports, but football in particular, okay? I've not covered the NBA. I, I have covered some games, that, you know, in Major League Baseball, games, not seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played, I played that sport uh, in college. But I would say having watched my son do it and having covered the National Football League, there is something about football. It is like the song. You mess with one man, you got a song. But I'm telling you, there is something to that. It it is a you know you fight with the guy, you sweat with the guy next to you, you trust him to do his job, and it doesn't matter who attacks you. They really don't care. It can be a columnist from the Tampa Bay Times, which right. maybe you've experienced. Sure. It could be a beat writer. It can be which you've experienced. A, yeah. It could be anybody. It can be a fan. It can be anyone. It can be an opposing fan. It can be an, it can be an official. It, they have sort of this mentality that they have to have, and the best teams are 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 like this. The teams that win really do sort of circle the wagons. And it sounds corny. And it's sound hokey, but when you've seen these guys sweat, and you've seen you've seen how how few of them actually get the opportunity to play on a Sunday, and you see, by the way, what the toll of that is. It's a brutal game. We watched guys, you know, come on and off that field yesterday that we were sure weren't coming back. And Levante David, for example, got carted off. Good news for him; he doesn't have a high ankle sprain, but it is some damage to the ligaments in his ankle, and, and he may not miss four to six weeks, but he's going to miss probably the next two games at least. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because there was – there, and not to interrupt your other thought, but I do want to get into just for briefly the other injuries, Gerald McCoy, right. Levante, David, and their status. But go ahead, go ahead and finish your point about that. But I was just going to say that that what he's saying there, and again, regardless of, of whether you agree with him or not, and many people don't, obviously, um, it, I don't think it matters who attacks you. Uh, if you're in the NFL, you're on a football team, you circle the wagons, you believe in the guy next to you, and you defend the hell out of him. And that's just the way that game is played and will continue to be played. Rick, I know it was only Monday when you were over there, and it's very early in the week, and it's only a day removed from uh, from Sunday's game. Any idea, though, on the status of guys like Joe McCoy, Levante, David? You mentioned Levante, but Joe McCoy, Levante, David, Brett Grimes, Kwan Alexander for – Sunday's game uh, against the Giants. No, not really. I mean, in terms of, you know, Dirk Cutter said 2.30 on uh, Monday is not really a time to have a real good assessment. Um, however, uh, you got to assume that guys like Chris Baker, who had the flu, and Jack, Jacquees Smith, who had the flu, um, they they would seem to have a very good chance of getting back. Quan's hamstring, I mean, it'd be great if they did get him back because if without Levante, if you could get Quan and you could play Beckwith, with Quan Alexander, that would be a big bonus. I know, I know, he wanted to go last week, but they held him out. My hamstrings, again, Tom, hamstrings are funny things, as Lovey <laughs> used to say. And then, um, you know, the thing, the guy that I'm worried about, if I were the Bucks, would be uh, Levante. You got to figure he's going to miss these next two games at minimum. Although they're relieved, seemed to be relieved with the way it looked. But Noah Spence, I mean, what do we know about Noah Spence in terms of 
you know, yeah. he, here's a guy that has had a dislocated shoulder. It popped out a bunch of times last year. They put him in a harness. Then he needed off-season surgery um, on his uh, torn labrum. It popped out again during the game. He finished the game. But how effective can he be? Will he continue playing? And is this some chronic thing that is going to derail his entire career? I mean, I, I don't know how you can play that position without the full strength and use of your shoulders and your hands because that's how you play it. Um, so and that's something to watch as well. Week, uh, week three of the NFL, Rick, and we talked about it uh, a couple of times now about just how crazy the NFL is and all these goofy upsets. And there were some games where you just look at and say, how did, like, how did that Jacksonville beats Baltimore 44 to seven and the jets win a game against Miami and Jay Cutler was off on that. But I want to focus in on two teams and get your thoughts on these. The first one, the fact that Carolina gets absolutely hammered by New Orleans was a 34 to 13. That was a stunner to me. Was it a stunner to you at all? Um, a little bit, although I'm not buying Carolina this year. I, I'm not completely sold that they know what or how to operate um, Cam Newton right now. I don't, I think, you know, he's coming off a, sh- a shoulder, shoulder surgery. I keep saying that word poorly. Um, and Andrew Luck sort of had the same injury. You don't see him back at all. And I just don't see them as a very explosive offense right now for whatever reason. And so they've struggled scoring points. I think they had, what, nine points in a win a week ago. Uh, they scored that's 14 right. against a really bad New Orleans defense. I mean, this that's is what, the thing. And that's the thing. Like, maybe I, I wasn't so much stunned that necessarily they lost, but they lost badly to a New Orleans team that I'm not sold on at all. I don't think exactly. it was very good. And yeah, and so if you completely if you can't score, score, yeah, against that defense, Drew Brees putting up big numbers doesn't really surprise me. And the fact is that you know the NFC South really any team is capable, and uh, they're they're not intimidated even when you know they're having good years. But um, that's something to watch. You know, it really is. I, I they haven't been good for a while. I mean, if you think about you know last year and sort of how the Saints came came you know had a buzz kill after their Super Bowl run. Um, you know, and then Cam getting hurt. I mean, Cam has taken a lot of shots. I'm not sure Mike Shula quite has figured out what he wants to do with him because a lot of his success, let's be honest, you know, was that he didn't make plays from the pocket. Um, he did a lot of things and took a lot of hits uh, and stood in there. And, and, you know, now they're trying to get the ball out of his hands quicker. They're not, you know, designing runs for him because they don't want him to take the pounding. And so it's it's changed the dynamic of that offense, and I think would combine with the fact that you know he didn't play much in the preseason, he didn't really practice all that much. Uh, it's going to take some time. I lied. There's two other teams that I want to ask you about. The other one is, and I'm telling you, I'm I think there's some major concerns in Foxborough right now because I know New England won. They still have Tom Brady. They win 36-33. I'm not suggesting they're not going to win that division because they are going to win that division because the rest of the division stinks. But I look at the fact that Deshaun, I don't care how good Deshaun Watson is, he's a rookie starting his, what, second game in the National Football League? He goes into Foxborough against Bill Belichick's defense and throws for 301 yards? That doesn't happen. That's not supposed to happen. And again, they're going to make the playoffs. They're probably only going to lose, I don't know, four or five games, at, which is a lot in New England. But I'm not sold on this team anymore. They're they're starting to show cracks. Now, I don't know if they'll fix it before the season's over. Right now, though, defensively, this is a bad football team. Yeah, it is. And I, I do think, though, Bill O'Brien, 
who had, you know, coached in New England, knows them very well, Mike Vrabel, who played there. If there's some guys with inside information on how, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots operate, it's them. And they've sort of played that way against them even without a quarterback like this, like uh, like Watson. Right. And and I think Watson's going to be a good player. So I think part of it you credit, you know, him for making plays. Uh, but look what happened down the stretch. I mean, it's incredible to me. If you look at these games yesterday, and there were a lot of upsets, right? Um, but the two quarterbacks who are maybe – while they play in the most control and maybe the least emotional until the game is over, pulled made unbelievable comebacks and unbelievable plays at the end of the game. I mean, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers were getting beat 21 to 7. He lost both tackles. He was stacked six times. Way to win at home uh, on, on, a, on an unbelievable, you know, drive. Right. And yeah. Tom Brady might have had one of the greatest drives I've ever seen. And the guy's 53 years old. I mean, <laughs> who plays quarterback like that besides those two guys in this league? It's, it is incredible to me that for all the, you know, oh, this team lost and who saw that coming, these two dudes, yeah, didn't look good, maybe kind of lucky, but you know what? They got the W, babe, and that's what they do. I'll tell you a team I'm selling right now, the Seattle Seahawks. And I know they lost to a good football team. They Tennessee's a good football team, and Mar- Marcus Mariota's off to a nice start. But I look at the Seattle; they're one and two now, and all of a sudden their defense looks old to me, mm-hmm. and they don't have the explosiveness on offense. They've never really been an explosive offense. Mm-hmm. I'm selling. I that's a bad division too. Yeah, it is. And the problem with the Seattle Seahawks right now is that uh, their offensive line is is awful. Russell Wilson can't do it on his own. They don't run the ball with any consistency. And they play incredibly emotional football. I mean, you know, two of the teams that were really emotional yesterday, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are known for that. Seattle, they both played awful. But there's something there's something not right. And it goes back, I think, almost to the offseason, Richard Sherman and that whole thing about Russell Wilson. And, and I, I just – I don't think they're right. But it's still – not a good division, as you mentioned, with San Francisco and the Rams, and so it's still winnable. But they they've got to like get that. It together. I don't like that team since they traded for Jimmy Graham. I thought that turned out to be. I don't think not a very good trade. I mean, Jimmy Graham got beat up. I know, but it's you know they they lost. Well, they lost Beast Mode. Center. I mean, yeah. yeah, and they lost Beast Mode. That's a good point. Yeah, um, and the anyway. Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it too. Um, yeah. Anyway, just uh, that's a team that that I'm selling selling right now. I want to yeah. hit the college uh, situation real quick, Rick. Uh, what the hell's going on in Gainesville? Because oh, a geez. big story breaks on Monday. Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times wrote about it. This fraud scandal that sort of has engulfed the University of Florida's uh, football team for weeks really blew out of control on Monday. And I'm reading this from Mark Matt Baker's story. Nine players. Think about this. Face a combined 62, that's 62, felony complaints on suspicion of using stolen credits to rack up more than 17,000 in fraudulent charges. These are according to documents released on my, includes Antonio Callaway and Jordan Scarlett, the big running back up there. They remain suspended indefinitely. State attorney still reviews the case and weighs formal charges. So they, they haven't been formally charges, formally charged yet. 
but this has had down a bad road. And now we know why these guys have been suspended for more than one game, because obviously McIlwain knew this was coming. How much this is on Jim McIlwain? I'm ready to call him, I think, Tuesday for Wednesday, Rick, and I'm trying to get my thoughts together on this. And I, I realize it's hard for a football coach to corral whatever, 90 guys, 100 guys, but this is a bad look right now. It is, and and I agree with you that I, I don't think you can always hold the head coach responsible for what every player does, but in this case, there seems to be uh, kind of a systemic um, conspiracy <laughs> or something where a, a large portion of players on his 62 team 62 felonies, there's a conspiracy already. Committed, no committed 62 possible felonies, and so this was a scam among his, among his team, and you would hope uh, maybe that there would be other players who were maybe aware of it, chose not to do it, uh, but there would be coaches or players that would say, hey, you know, I've heard about this. I don't think it's right and would have would have been dialed in enough to, to either prevent it or, you know, not, not be caught off guard by it. Um, I don't know the details. They've redacted a lot of the stories. I mean, one guy right. – apparently told his girlfriend that the money came from an agent in New York. Well, that would be worse <laughs> in some ways, you know. So, um, look, college athletes, money, inducements, fraud, uh, free shoes, you, you know, I mean, it's not a new story, but this one, you know, and, and, it's, and it involves some really prominent players. And I know McElwain affects his team. He says, heck, yeah, it affects my team. I mean, th these are guys that, you know, we counted on. Who would you rather be right now, Jimbo Fisher or Jim McElwain? Uh, this not not for like oh, the next ten years, but this very moment. Oh, I'd rather I'd rather be Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Jimbo going to get fixed. We're going to get fixed. We're going to get fixed right away, and um, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I and talked to my not, boy Rodney. Not. I talked to our boy Rodney Page, who covers golf in high schools oh. for the uh, Tampa Bay Times. He's a, he went to Florida State, so he's you know, and he can he's allowed to have a rooting interest because he doesn't cover colleges. And he convinced me today they will not win a game. They will go oh and what? whatever. <laughs> Come on. Well, that's it. He's Mister. He's Mister Glass. He's forget about glass half empty. He's glass completely empty. But he looked at this team. He said, "I watched that game the on Saturday against NC State, and I'm I'm now convinced." that they will not win a game. And if you try to tell me otherwise, I will come over this desk and punch <laughs> you in the face. And I said, you know what? You're right. They're not going to win a game. But he, his, his whole point was that if you're not going to beat NC state and you caught it, Rick, I was all over. I said, they're going to be fine. Their defense is going to carry them through. Yeah. And you had, you watched that game closer than I did. You felt like their defense let them down more than their freshman. Quarterback. Well, it wasn't look, the freshman quarterback played well enough to win period. He did. They didn't play great around him, but the defense was horrific. I mean, they missed tackles. They gave up, you know, big explosive plays. Um, North Carolina State just kind of did what they wanted against them, and, and the defense is supposed to be the strength of the team. I mean, when you lose a quarterback on, at any level, the rest of the team is supposed to help account for that by playing better around him. Well, he played just fine. It, it wasn't, and believe me, it wasn't. I think the kid is a true freshman. To go out there in your first college game and execute the way he did, um, I think Jimbo was more than happy with him, um, but it was disappointing. Now, as, you know, Florida State, can they go from being ranked, what, in the top one or two to, you know, uh, not not being relevant in the ACC? I mean, I don't know. I still think we're looking at, you know, the trilogy with Alabama and Clemson because I don't see who's beating either one of those teams. 
but Florida State will get it together and they'll be better for it. It's just, it's it's awfully sad what happened to their quarterback, you know, Francois yeah. in the first game. I mean that, you know, what team, what level when you lose your starter and he's a young guy at that, but he had gone through the growing pains a year earlier. Um, but I, I trust in their coaching staff. They have tremendous athletes. Good to see my boy from East Lake, George Campbell, coming yeah. on finally. Had some big plays in, in the receiving I think game. what happens with Florida State is I think they they were still in shock. You lose your first game against Alabama. You lose your starting quarterback. You go into that game against NC State. You're not really sure what's going to happen. And now you circle the wagons. This is where I think you're right. They have too many athletes. They're too good. They're too deep everywhere yeah. else. to let. The, and they're too well coached. And don't I think forget Florida, this. I think, go ahead. They didn't play for three weeks. They didn't, right. Three weeks. I think College they figured kids. things out, and I think Florida goes the other way. I think this becomes a real problem at Florida, and I think Florida goes into a tailspin because of this. So I would rather be Jim. I'd rather be Jimbo Fisher. I'm with you. I'd rather be Jimbo right now than Jim McElwain. Well, I think look, it's going to get ugly Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher's seat is not hot at all. Jim McElwain's is on fire, and if not for two fantastic finishes, you know they they may have the pitchforks out now. Well, more news will be breaking on the Florida Gator situation throughout the week, so we'll keep tabs on that. We're also going to talk the rest of this week. We'll talk more about the Tampa Bay Rays. It's about time to write the obit on the season. I don't know, Rick. I look back. I don't know if it was a good year or a bad year, but you think it's going to be a way different team in 2018. A lot of changes coming, babe. A lot of changes. Yeah, they could be eliminated by the time that we talk again on Wednesday. And then uh, Tampa Bay Lightning getting closer to the start of the season. Interesting conversation between Joe Smith and Nikita Kucherov. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up later on this week as well. So, again, you can reach us on Twitter if you have any questions for us or you want to throw out some topics. We'll be glad to uh, to field some of your questions. It's at NFL Stroud and at Tom W. Jones. And check out the podcast Twitter page at Rick tom podcast our thanks to steve verstick and keep it right here on the rick and tom podcast we'll keep you tuned in on tampa bay sports we'll talk to you next time rick all right tom hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 